Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome back to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway podcast. I'm here with Greg. Greg, say hello. Say hello. Ah, uh, yes, another week. So uh, last week we talked briefly about how it was going to be a tough week for the Rangers, and guess what happened? Well, it was a very tough week for Ranger fans. T- tough week already. It's reeking it up in here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Look, I've been talking a lot. I had to broadcast a basketball game before this. No, I understand. Words are going to come out sounding like different words. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. Look, we're going to hit a, a theme right away for this podcast. Brain farts. Uh, all and, about them. And that's that's pretty much, does that, for you, describe the Rangers week in a nutshell? In a nutshell, we're going to get through two-thirds of this podcast thinking it's the greatest podcast in the world, and then that last third, we're just going to suck. And that's that. that well, I see what you're doing, and you're uh, comparing us to the Rangers, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, uh, and we're uh, going to go over all those mishaps today and how we, what we thought about them and maybe how we could fix them. But let's start with some injury news. Uh, Kevin Klein is now out with a right thumb injury. Uh, it's undisclosed how long he'd be out, but he could play either Tuesday or Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's starting to feel like it's always something with Klein, right? I mean, he gets hurt. A defenseman, of course, I feel like are more liable for injuries just because they're always putting their bodies out on the line and putting themselves out in front of pucks. But man, it feels like Klein doesn't know how to pick up like a day-to-day injury. He only likes serious injuries. Well, it is his thumb. It shouldn't be that bad. Like I said, he could play this week, but... Uh, he did take a take a nice puck right right in the center of his hand. So yeah, I mean, and it sucks that it's Klein because he's one of the few defensemen that has actually been rather consistent this entire season in terms of his play. I mean, yeah, it does so suck losing, that it's him. losing him hurts. Yeah, I I I've always like his play. He's always solid. He's never too bad, and he's never like overwhelmingly good, which obviously you don't like to see. But I'm I'm never like oh man, Klein's on the ice. It's never really a problem for me. Uh. And I feel very differently about Girardi and Boyle these days. Uh, that also being said, we get to see Rath again back in the lineup. And I'm sure we're going to say some good things and some bad things about Rath this podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Those are going to go back and forth for sure. Uh, well, actually, let's get to some of that right now. Uh, we'll go right now to the Islander game. And uh, you were right, Greg. Uh, the Islanders, no matter what happens, they seem to beat us. Yeah, well, it's just that game – you know, it's a little column A, a little column B in terms of the Rangers getting outplayed and the, and just letting the Islanders take the game. First, you're not going to beat the Islanders one nothing. It's not going to happen. So, I well, don't. That one nothing lead entering the third period was almost meaningless to me. I I, I didn't feel like they were going to shut out the Islanders in that game. The Islanders were putting together some magnificent scoring chances, and the Rangers were just getting prime Hank. Hank was playing out of his mind. Well, let's let's but, talk really quickly about the magnificent scoring chances the Rangers had. Rick Nash, they, uh, Rick Nash had pretty much a give me and was allergic. I I, I had the comment during the game. Um, it feels like Rick Nash, his first eight shots of the game, he's purposely trying to hit the goalie to soften him up because I don't understand where his scoring is going. It's it's like. He, he's, this is a 40-plus goal scorer that we had last season, and he's done it multiple times in his career. He's a prolific goal scorer in the NHL. He's proven it. He's not necessarily over his prime yet. He still should be putting up some of his best seasons of his career in the regular season. It's almost like 
last postseason was so traumatic for him that it's just in his head. And it's like he's just seeing brick walls when he sees goals now. Like he does, it, it, he, I, I don't know how to describe it beyond the fact that it's like he's forgotten how to put the puck in the back of the net. And I can't say he's been playing well. I think he's been playing aggressive, and he's had some really nice assists, especially to Kreider these last, which we'll get to obviously uh, over this last week. But he's just not putting the puck in the net. And guess what? That's how you win hockey games. Yeah, and uh, I mean we'll get to his play in the. Oh, we're gonna get uh, to it. <laughs> well, the the Islander game was bad. Nash. The uh, the second game of the week against the Flyers that was better. Nash. I mean it's not. Good Nash. It's just not as bad Nash. Um, yeah, well, isn't that all we've been had this year? Not as bad Nash? No, we've had bad Nash at some times, too. Like, we've had terrible Nash. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we haven't had good Nash at all this season. That Nash doesn't exist. <laughs> I um, love these nicknames and, for Nash, by the way. Terrible Nash? Yeah. Not good Nash? Yeah. It, Awful Nash? Right now, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing postseason Nash right now, and I think that's frustrating everybody. Yeah, and uh, we saw a lot of, you know, one thing I noticed is that we, the role players on this team are never really an issue. I, I always, I really like all of our role players, actually. Uh, Tanner yeah, Glass, Tanner Glass has grown on me. Uh, right, but role players, you know, you need them on good teams, but them by themselves will not win you hockey games. You need star power to lead you through in these hockey games. And right now, the Rangers' stars are nowhere to be found offensively. And case in point in that Islander game. Now, we're going to talk a lot about Chris Kreider this week because I think you and I will finally agree Chris Kreider took some positive steps. But Kreider played that Islander game reckless and sloppy. See, once again, I disagree. We talked about that during the game where I I said he was using his speed. It literally looked like he was taking it to the net. He missed a gift, a gift from the gods. Handed him this open net and he just missed it. Yeah, but... You know, you take the good and the bad with that. When you're playing loose and fast like that, you're also putting your defense in bad situations if you miss the net or you uh, get a shot blocked or you lose control of the puck. And all of a sudden, that single-man, odd-man rush that Kreider is able to create on his own turns into an odd-man rush going the other way. And when your defense, like the Rangers' defense has been, playing so poorly, you can't be given – opportunities like that away to the other team now i will say this i was frustrated with Kreider on tuesday night i was much more encouraged with his play over the weekend for sure no doubt about it and i would like to call out and say that on last week's podcast for those that are listening again i said to everyone out there i just feel like Kreider's gonna have a big week and he did and he, he got out of his slump he got things together he started using his speed started getting in front of the net Woo! it's inc- incredible it was uh, a joy to watch it was just a shame that they couldn't put it all together as a team. Yeah. Um, that Tuesday, was it Tuesday or Thursday? I'm getting my days mixed Thursday up. Thursday for the Islander game. It was Thursday. I knew it was a date with a T. Um, <laughs> when they brought Lindbergh back into the lineup on Saturday, I could have sworn it was going to be for Kevin Hayes. Hayes, we saw both sides of the spectrum with Kevin Hayes in the Islanders game. Oh. That was a beautiful pass to Kreider and Stahl in front of the net, and Stahl got credit for the goal. That was incredible. We've seen that Kevin Hayes for an entire season last year. It's remarkable. But then we saw the Kevin Hayes we've been seeing this year, which is just careless, sloppy, and for lack of a better term, stupid play in front of his own net. 
that just gifted the puck to the Islanders and allowed them to tie the game up. The worst part about that play, uh, the absolute worst part, rewatching it again, is that he knocks down Brock Nelson. Like, Hayes just checks him. Brock Nelson falls to his knees. Hayes goes to place the puck. And then he passes it right back to Brock Nelson, who just got up from being knocked down from it Hayes. Was such an, it was such an ugly goal. Like, there's really no ending that giveaway. It is so poor. You could not have put it on a silver platter any better for the Islanders than that. And, you know, as great as Hank was in that game, man, you're asking oh. the world of him to stop all those shots and that one. The Islanders aren't that bad of an offensive team where they're going to miss on every golden opportunity you give them. And they capitalized. And then they capitalized a couple minutes later after a very poor McElrath penalty, which I think um, McElrath was so excited to be back into the lineup. He wanted to make an impact. We saw him doing that in the first two periods, but he was kind of like an excited puppy out there where he just, he made one, aggressive penalty too many and it it cost the rangers he gave up a power play goal and Whoa. that was the game winner and that was the ball game in new york and that hurt because you we're competing with the islanders directly right now the capitals are gone in my mind the oh, division they, is over i'm not even worried about they it anymore. Are gone but i you, you need home you need home ice especially if you're playing the islanders in that first series uh, i mean Ranger fans can make the Barclays Center home ice no problem because Ranger fans are those kinds of fans, but you want four games in the Garden because it's going to go seven, and you want that game seven at home where Hank's on familiar ice, and he's Mr. Game 7. So you need points from the Islanders, and the fact that they went in that third period up, even though it was one nothing, it didn't ever feel safe to me. It just it made it worse that the two goals they did give up, I'm not counting the third one because it was an empty netter, the two goals they gave up were because of very sloppy mistakes by the Rangers, and they shot themselves in the foot. It's, it's that simple. I will say that uh, Rath, on his second penalty, he threw down his gloves, and I, the other the Islander, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Boomer Esiason's son-in-law. I forget his name. Matt Miller? Matt. Uh, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone else does too, right? I don't know. His, his, his first two penalties, I didn't really mind. They were Right, he threw down his gloves and—, and and Matt didn't want to fight him, and that was and they it. Took, but he took a guy in the box with him in those first two penalties. Which was the third fine. Penalty, the, the third penalty was just sloppy, sloppy hockey. There's really no defending it. And it kind of, as soon as the penalty happened, it felt like something bad was going to happen. And it did. Oh, that's, that's the whole theme of this whole podcast. It felt like something bad was going to happen. Like, and then it did. Oh, yeah, and then, and then it did. I will say this about Rath, and this is what I do like about him. Right now, the Rangers, one of their biggest problems is clearing the puck. They, they can't get it out of their own zone. And for some reason, McArath is like the only defenseman that ha that can do that right now. And it I know it sounds just so strange to say. I mean, McDonough could do it too. But McArath looks composed out there when he's actually playing hockey and not trying to kill someone. Yeah. You know, some of that goes back to the fact that the Rangers are playing with so many offensive-minded defensemen. Boyle and Yandel want to carry the puck out of the zone. They don't want to clear the puck out of the zone. That's their mental mindset. And when... One of them tries to carry the puck out of the zone. Sometimes it doesn't work, and then they're caught out of position. They leave their other defensemen um, handicapped, and that's how goals happen. Um, and that's why I get so frustrated when Boyle and Yandel are on the ice together because they're such similar players that it's almost like putting five forwards on the ice sometimes and no defensemen. And 
it feels like it results in goals more often than not. It's kind of remarkable like that. Yeah. Speaking of things that make me feel uneasy, uh, onto the Flyers game. Now, this is a game that I thought we would take, honestly. Even though it was on also, the... What, what did the moms do to oh. deserve to go on the mom trip to Philadelphia? What? Come on, Ragers. What are you doing like, with these moms? What, what what did those 19 mothers collectively do to piss off the entire organization where the organization takes a step back and goes, you know where we're going to bring you guys? Philadelphia. Yeah, what I mean, what are you doing, Rangers? Like, what are you doing? I was, I was watching the broadcast. They brought up the moms like every five seconds. The mom trip was just, what, Philly and Washington? Yeah. Great. But why Philly? Like, I don't I mean, I get it. Like, you needed to take them on. You wanted to bring them on a road trip that was back-to-back, and the travel is easy. But, like, it's Philly. Well, yeah, what they're not exo- exotic locations. Isn't there a oh dad trip, God. too? Isn't the dad trip, like, West Coast? Always? Um, well, I think, see, what they used to do is they used to only do a dad trip. This year, I think they're only doing a mom trip. Oh, dad's uh, getting the shaft. Well, the mom's got a shaft for a long time. Right? <laughs> I think, I, this is the first, not like that yet. Okay, stick, sorry. Stick sorry, that just went really um, well. It did really good. Yeah, no pun intended. No. But, like. Uh, I don't remember there ever being a mom trip before. I I specifically remember dad trips. Yeah, I remember dad trips from the last two years. They're usually the West Coast trips. I think this year they've only they're only going to do a mom trip. I'm I'm not 100. percent Don't hold me to that though. I I will hold you to mom trips. What 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 about that? Uh, Anyway, on to the Flyers game. Uh, This game sucked. That's (laughs) I know that's like my analysis on it. It's really crappy, but this game was awful to Uh, watch. It was. It was a game I thought we 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 outplayed the Flyers in every single way, and they just hung around and hung around, and and Simmons just seems to be on every highlight. By the way, if you watch the recap, yeah, of this well, game. because you know you're sitting on this podcast like, oh wait, Simmons is having a terrible season. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's almost like he heard the podcast. He's one of our six listeners. Come on, and he's like, you know what, Ryan Mead, <laughs> I'm gonna put one up your butt. Come on, and that's Simmons. <laughs> wow, that entire game though. Um, First, like going into the game, was so happy Lindbergh was put back in the lineup. He deserved it. Oh, can we just talk about Megna real quick? So, yeah, I was frustrated Megna got taken out, especially with how poorly Kevin Hayes played in the third period against the Islanders. I could have sworn it was going to be Hayes coming out of the lineup. I and think they, AV I, was like, I'm, you know what? I need to go back to my boys. Like Megna, like he's been good for me, but I need to go back to the guys I went, I came out of camp with. Uh, Here's the, this is this is the moment where I'm starting to question AV a little bit. It's almost like he's – I don't mind him not being so hard on veterans, but Kevin Hayes really hasn't done anything to earn a permanent spot in the Rangers lineup. He had a very good season last year for the Rangers, a surprisingly good season. But in order to get a permanent spot in an NHL rotation, you need to have more than one very good season in my mind. So I'm not exactly sure with the quality of hockey he's currently playing that Kevin Hayes deserves to be in the lineup day in and day out. It's uh, That's a good point. I get why he does that with Girardi. Girardi has a contract. Same thing with Stahl. they got to be in the lineup. And Girardi, he... Girardi and Stahl have track records. They've yeah. been very good. They're, they're playing poorly right now, but you've seen them turn it around. They've gone through poor stretches before and come back Twice as be- twice as good the player Kevin Hayes 
hasn't proven to us that he can rebound after struggling because last year he didn't really struggle. He had a brilliant rookie season. No one is debating that. But how many times have we seen one-year wonders? I'm not saying Kevin Hayes is one. I'm just saying the way he's playing is costing the Rangers hockey games, and I'm not sure he should have enough sway in that locker room to be a permanent fixture in the lineup. And, That's and, and I agree. And I, I like the way Megna was playing. And by the way, I want to correct myself. Last week, I did say that uh, Megna was a rookie this year, and I, I was lying. He played for Pittsburgh last year. He scored five goals with them before uh, before oh, scoring a goal with us. We'll, we'll have to talk about oh, that. Oh, the Hagelin trade. Just, we're, we're, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Focus, focus, focus. Focus. We can we can just do it now. We uh, let's just finish the flyer game right now. Here we go. Uh, Kreider scores. Uh, Kreider scores. Kreider, I, I will say this. I will say this. Kreider looks a lot more comfortable on a top two line, and he looks a lot more comfortable playing with Nash. Yes, and I was just about to make that point. Rick Nash and Kreider seem to be getting into a nice groove where Kreider can get get feeds from Nash because since Nash can't score, Kreider can. And uh, it seems like he really woke him up, and he's really starting to play like himself and look like the Kreider I saw last year. It's like, welcome back. Yeah, and him uh, him playing with Nash right now seemingly is perfect because Nash seems uh, thunderstruck in terms of scoring goals. It's in his head. He can't do it. Did you do that on so purpose with the, th- to do- the thunderstruck comment about the lightning last year? No. Wow. That's amazing, though. Great job. I am so smart. As soon as you said the Thunderstruck comment, I just saw that, that Nash breakaway on our power play and, and just not scoring. Wow. I, uh, that just came back from, like, the deepest part of my brain. It, hurt, it hurts so much. It hurts so much every time. I'm, I'm sorry. It never I'm stops. I, I don't know what just happened. We're so um, off track, but I but, love it. But Nash, Nash is, uh, you know, he's hamstrung in terms of scoring goals. He doesn't feel like he can right now. So he wants to create scoring opportunities. Chris Kreider is desperate, and it seems like everything he touches is going network. So it actually is perfect that Nash, who doesn't want to go network, network, is playing with Kreider, who's only going one way. And right now that combination is working, and the Rangers need to find more combinations like that. I mean, the what other combinations? Well, what can we even do? I mean, Zuccarello is playing well, but other than that, like our top players just haven't been there for us. You know, I I've dogged JT Miller before. Oh, and I was just I was just about to get to this. He's playing some impressive hockey, and Sam Rosen has lost a step in the booth. I love Sam Rosen; he's one of the nicest people. I met him a couple times. Can I sound the hot take alert alarm? You can, but it happens. You know, Sam Rosen is not the youngest chicken in the world. Okay, what what's your complaint about Sammy? I love Ralph. Look at Listen, I love Ralph Kiner. I loved Ralph Kiner. May he rest in peace. He's a beautiful man. But it didn't take a genius to know that by the time he hit a certain age, Ralph Kiner wasn't Ralph Kiner anymore. I think Sam, I've had no problem with Sam whatsoever. So I'm, I'm really curious as to what your take is here. It's just, no, I'm, I'm saying Sam brought up a great point. Oh, okay. Sam, Go on. Uh, and Joe and John uh, Micheletti are still a great pairing in the broadcast booth. And both were saying how JT Miller needs to play a little more aggressive because he's been past first. He's almost grown up in this offense knowing that he needs to be a facilitator and not a scorer. But now the Rangers need him to be a scorer and not a facilitator. And he scored a nice goal against the Flyers. Right. And I, he's play. capable of doing more of that. Um, 
He just needs to be a little more aggressive. I think it's not his fault. He's been playing with playmakers. So Miller knows if he gets Zuccarell the puck or step on the puck, there's he doesn't have to worry about scoring. But right now with goals drying up uh, at a very rapid rate, the more pucks the Rangers can put on net, the better. And JT Miller's got a very nice shot. So if Miller can put more pucks on the net, uh, I'd be very interested to see just what he can do offensively. And that brings up such an interesting question uh, for the offseason, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. We won't go into now. Like, what you're going to do with Kreider and Miller. I mean, I, you got to sign both of them, or you, what are you going to do? It's going to be a tough decision to make. Well, yeah, I mean, Yandel's number comes off the book. Um, Sucks to lose Yandel, by the way. Yeah, uh, I disagree, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Um, I think, <laughs> uh, hot take, Dan Boyle may retire at the end of this season. Not? Well, we've gone, be, we've gone from hot to cold very quickly. Yeah, I think uh, if he retires and if the Rangers are like, hey, by the way, you should retire, uh, his number comes off the book, I'm pretty certain. No, I think it's, he, it was a two-year uh, contract. I think he's up this year no matter what. It was a, no, it was a, it was, I'm pretty sure it was a three-year deal. Was it a two-year deal? I think it's a two-year, yeah. I think he's retiring no matter what after this year. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Stand corrected. Either way, Yandel and Boyle come off the books. That's $5 million right there. Add in the $2 million that Kreider technically comes off the books with. If $7 million, uh, Kreider's going to demand $5 million a year. And right now, I just don't think he's earned it. No. Um, I'll let him prove me wrong the rest of the season if he wants. I just looked but up Dan Boyle's right now, contract. It is up this year. So Yandel and Boyle off the books, Kreider off the books. Miller is not going to command. Miller will probably command the kind of contract Kreider got this offseason, which is about like two and a half, probably, because right. he's a restricted free agent, I believe. I uh, I don't see Yandel. We're, this is again off off the rails here. Um, I think you can bring back Miller and Kreider. It largely depends on what kind of. It's like a catch-22. If Kreider takes off and is on fire... Kreider is also a restricted free agent. But I'm, a team may give him a poison pill offer sheet. It may happen. Oh, yes, for sure. I could see many teams doing that. Um, right, but like what I'm saying is Kreider's like catch-22. On one hand, Kreider will be worth the money he's demanding if his play takes off and you want to pay him. At the same time... It'll be better to get Kreider cheap, and that's only if his play continues to slump. But do you really want to sign him if his play continues to slump? So yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, the, I'm in the, the sign Kreider camp. I'm 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 Team Kreider, which is which makes this fun for us because you're not. Uh, well, I'm in the camp. I'm I'm just ready to let it play out. Like I'm not emotionally attached to Kreider anymore. Those days are gone. I'm I want Kreider to play well. I'm still living I want in that world. Play well. Right, and that's totally fine. I, I get it that I'm in the minority. And Kreider at his A-level game is great for the Rangers because that means we're winning hockey games. So I'm all for it. I'm just not exactly all for keeping Kreider if he continues to play at C-level, which is what some Ranger fans are still at. It, it's like I, I always make one connection to the Mets per week on this podcast. It's like the Mets fans that want – Yoenis Cespedes back no matter what. I want Cespedes back too, but it needs to be on the right terms, not just any terms, because the hard fact is he's not a fit for the team long term. Just like Kreider is a fit for the team long term for the Rangers at the right price, 
And the question is, will you ever get him at the right price Price playing his best hockey? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure either. And we'll, we'll save. We have plenty more time to talk about this the rest of the season. And you and I will have more deep dives about the. This is pretty much the Chris Kreider show, if anyone has noticed. Uh, we take at least five minutes to talk about Kreider every week, which is fine. Because you know what? Chris Kreider is probably going to be the most important player for the Rangers the rest of this season. And, and maybe for the next five years. So... Uh, or maybe not well, at all. Amount, well, I'm, I'm saying the amount of money the Rangers have given Derek Broussard and Derek Stepan, they're the most important players for the Rangers over the next five years. No hot, question. That's not a hot take. and I agree with you, sort of. And Broussard's looked good, too, paying, by the way. Right. And Stepan's looked fine. They're paying those two players to be their frontline men um, moving forward for the next four-plus years. So all right. Let's Rangers get back on track for a minute. They've proven. Let's get back on track, and then let's get right back off. Uh, the end of this Flyers game. Apples? I hate I hate oh, that we went to Flyers. overtime with them. I hate that. Uh, I, it was a dirty point. It was a, it was dirty, and I mean I hate I hate the shootout, and I love getting two points, but I hate whenever we win in a shootout. I know it's whatever. It's the points take them. Zook looked disgusting. Well, he just did nasty things on that on that shootout, and it was beautiful. And he's the only one to score on the Ranger team. And luckily, the Flyers didn't put any pucks in the net. And that was, that was pretty much the end of that disgusting thing. Was he the only one to score? Yeah, he was. He was, yeah. He was the only one. Uh, he stopped all three shots. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that that was a uh, – it, it didn't feel right allowing the Flyers to get a point in that game, which no. is basically what the Rangers did. They yeah. let the Flyers get a point in that Oh, game. yeah. We, and that's what – and this is another theme of the week, and we're about to get to the Capitals, but I really want to touch on this Carl Hagelin trade real quick. Uh, it's yeah. been the theme of the week of like, wow – it looks like the old Ranger team, but yet we can't put any pucks in the net. Well, that's why it kind of looks like the old Rangers team. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, what's, what's, yeah, what? it's just it's super it's super frustrating, and there's really no other word for it. And I don't think we need to go into a deep analysis of it. It's plain as day; they're just not scoring despite having ample chances. It's frustrating. That's really all you can say about it. So, speaking of frustrating and, and weird, uh, Carl Hagelin is now in a Penguin uniform. Right, and at face value, you and I talked... <laughs> Phil hey, you, you and I, I talked about that. Um, at face value, I got real nervous about this trade because I said, well, crap, this is exactly what the Penguins need to do. They need depth. That's the one thing preventing them from being a good hockey team. They have a great first line, they have a great second line, but they're literally playing AHL-level players on their last two lines. And... My fear was that Hagelin was going to come into this team and add the depth they desperately need. But then I saw that they traded uh, David Perron to get him. And Perron and Hagelin this season are basically the same player. Historically, Perron has been a much more effective player. He's having a bad year. There is no dancing around that question. And he's an unrestricted free agent that the Penguins were not going to be able to afford to sign. So they moved him for a player that has uh, team control, Hagelin, who has three more years after this year. So the trade made sense in that regard, but really it didn't make the Penguins better. It probably made them a little worse because Perron still can be a star in this league. He's a very good player, and he's probably going to get $5 million annually as a free agent, and it'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Um, so I liked the deal a lot less when I saw what the Penguins gave up. But I'd be foolish to say it didn't make me immediately nervous when I saw Hagelin coming back to our division 
and possibly wreaking havoc on the Rangers. Now, that being said, fun fact, we haven't played the Penguins yet. We have this to play the Penguins you? four times. And we haven't played them one time yet. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so we'll be seeing a lot of Carl Hagel. At least the Penguins at least the Penguins are gonna get us at our best, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, and uh, also they've been playing a little bit better themselves, which I'm not too happy or excited about. But that was a great analysis yeah. on that Hagler trade, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up to me because I would have never gone that in depth with it. I was just very sad to see him. Uh, oh yeah, in yeah, that uniform. Initial, initial reaction to the initial reaction to the trade was absolute and utter fear. I thought Hagler was going to come to the Penguins and be the spark that they need, and then I, what they gave up, the Penguins, in my mind gave up more to get more control of a player. Uh, but Perron's the better player in my mind. And I, I really don't think it's that much of a discussion. Let me just paint the saddest picture for you real quick. Uh, Zuccarello's just guarding Haglin on defense. Ugh. Them standing next to each other in the, fa- in the face-off circle. Oh, I'll cry. Uh, I'm going to cry. Not great, Bob. Oh, my God. Uh, the tears are coming. Speaking of the tears are coming. Wow, I'm just so good with transitions today. I'm killing it. Uh, the Caps, ah. the Caps game. The okay, AKA the Justin Williams show hat trick with a nice assist from Broussard. Yeah, he's very good, ain't he? The, the Capitals are ah, they're so much deeper yeah, than I give. Let me give you a real hot take right now. William, this this Capitals team Ovechkin is really good. Did you know that? I've been. It might be the best team in hockey. Uh, I I don't know if it's close. Well, I, I will say one thing. The Blackhawks have won ten in a row. Yeah, the Blackhawks are very good. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, but uh, just good. I just uh, want to give the Kings credit. Like, they're the reigning champions. They're uh, they need the credit. Just but just think of this team has done a great job at collecting assets. Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Oshie, Oshie. Williams, Holtby. Uh, they just picked up Mike Richards, oh. who. They can the the Capitals have such a big lead in the di- division. They can just take a chance on Richards and see if he's got anything left. Like, why not see if yeah. it sticks? They're uh, they're frustrating. They're going to be a problem. Um, it's going to be a maybe, tough. Uh, everything we said this year might yeah. might be null, but we'll see. Like making making the playoffs great. I, I don't know how this team beats the Capitals. I don't know how any team in the East beats the Capitals. Period. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how. Playoff Capitals. That's uh, that's the only logic I have. That's all I'm hanging on to. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole I, different season. Totally understand it, but If still. I look on paper, there's no way I can see a team beat that team. It just it, it just doesn't happen. It and, all comes down it all comes down to Holby. Yeah. But that's where it always comes down to, goaltending in the playoffs, but we have Which plenty of the Rangers have always made deep runs in the playoffs cuz we have Hank. Yeah. First first goalie in NHL history to post 20, uh, 11 straight, 21 seasons. What an incredible man. That You know how remarkable that is? Patrick Waugh didn't do it. Martin Brodeur didn't do it. Um, he is... Other really good goalies did not do it. And yet he's so attractive. You know, <laughs> and it's just so he's tough a, to be him. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And the funny thing is, I still remember when I got really big into the Rangers, Hank was the caretaker he wasn't meant to be the next big thing. The Rangers spent their sixth overall pick on Al Montoya, who was the goalie for Michigan. And Montoya was supposed to be 
the next Richter. He was the one getting all the buzz. But Meanwhile. Uh, Montoya got hurt in Hartford. The Rangers had a need because I think the goalie at the time, was it Mike Dunham? I think it was Mike Dunham. Uh, I think he got a concussion. And Hank came up, and it's like, Wally Pip, here's Lou Gehrig. You're never playing again. <laughs> uh, man. Well, very happy to have that have happened to us at a point in our lives. Real fortunate. Real, Real fortunate, fortunate about that. Uh, let's speak about something that's maybe not so fortunate, our upcoming schedule. Oh, let's speak about something that's actually actually fortunate. Hey, man, do you have that question, that Twitter question? Yes, we have a Twitter question. Shoot. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna paraphrase it because uh, sure. my computer is not uh, good. Oh, okay. Uh, a good friend of a GFOP, as our Men and Blazer friends would say, uh, Sean Fox, Marist College graduate. He went to school with us, Ryan. Sure. Uh, he asked us a question: Is it time for us to be concerned about the power play unit, both on offense and on defense, because? Rangers can't score power play goal and seemingly can't prevent the power play goal from being scored. And the answer to that question is a very easy, oh, absolutely, we should be concerned <laughs> about the power play. Well, that's the easiest question we've ever answered, Greg, because it's the only yeah. question we've ever answered. And uh, some of it has to do with the players AV is putting on his power play lines. It almost doesn't make sense. I don't know. Again, it goes back to Kevin Hayes. What has he done to prove that he needs to be on a power play unit? He's, he's not scoring. So why is he on the second power play unit? You can't, you, you can't tell me he's one of the six best forwards right now for the Rangers, and he deserves to be on a power play unit. You can't do it. Greg, I I'd can't, rather, I can't I'd rather it. I'd rather see Tanner Glass at this point on the power play oh, than Kevin Hayes. You're crazy. I am crazy. Maybe you're, Victor Stolberg. <laughs> Victor okay. Stolberg does deserve it. I like Stolberg. He's been playing I like well. Him too. I like him on the like, penalty kill, too. I know that sounds crazy. He plays uh, well. It does sound crazy. I like I like his game. Really, he's got he's really grown on me. I, when we first signed him, I was like, "Who? Who's that guy?" But uh, now I'm all in. I think I like him as a player. Like I said, role players have a place in my heart. It's really the star players I need to pick it up. Let's uh, we're running a little long today, Greg. So let's let's take a quick uh, glance at the upcoming schedule, as the as the kids say, as the sked. We got the Canes coming up. They are 48 points. They're 20, 19, and eight. And ready gotta, for the gotta gotta win that game. Oh my God, must win game, right? Uh, still too early to be calling games must win in my mind, but I'd be uh, the amount of disappointment I would be if the Rangers don't win that game is uh, substantial. And oh, actually, that's coming up on Friday. Ooh. I am. Uh, well, I, I can't say I'm fifty-fifty about going to that game. Let me put it that way. Okay. Oh, you're thinking about heading over there. Yeah, it's about a five-hour drive to Raleigh. Raleigh's a really fun city. You could spend a weekend in Raleigh. I actually, I actually am a very bad host, uh, which you guys knew, right? Everyone knew that. Uh, with no, with, without question. Without question, and I actually skipped the Canucks. We're actually playing them. Uh, That's a home game too. Yeah, on Tuesday. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow uh, to today. Today, today, the kids say. We live in the future. Future. <laughs> future. Um, Two thousand. I don't know how I feel about that game either. So let's 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 go come back to the Canes in one second because I have some fun well, stats. Uh, well, the Canucks and the Canes, I kind of consider them the same. I'm expecting the Canucks will not have Henrik Sedin, so I'm expecting to beat the Canucks and I'm expecting to beat the Canes. I want four points from those two games. And I want to see the Rangers win back to back games. And, and here we, we go. I'm, since November, I'm about to bring it up. Here we go. Since December 22nd, we've got we've gone win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. November 22nd. No, no, no. That's, that's since December 22nd, we've gone win-loss, win-loss, alternating win-losses. November 22nd. Wait. Wait for it. 
And we haven't won two in a row since November 21st. Okay, there we go. I got it now. Sorry, I, I jumped the gun. Same thing. See, I'm a bad, I'm a bad not host because oh. I'm, I'm calling you out on your stuff. And, you know, it's a this is why we're perfect for, for each other. We're perfect for each other. We're just Next trying. So, uh, listen, we need to get points out of these games. I need a back-to-back win. I need a serious Ranger ass-whipping. This is why I have dreams about you, kid. Oh, my God. Let's not go there. I'm not bringing it up, <laughs> but if anyone wants to ask on Reddit, I will be more than happy to tell the story. <laughs> no, I will, not, I will not condone this. I don't care. It's a, it's a story for Reddit if Reddit asks. I will delete it. And... it that's fine. I'll, I'll DM it to whoever asks. That way you'll never know. Okay, perfect. Uh, I need these four points. Actually, I need these six points. But, but quickly, with the Canes, I have, I have something I want to say. The, the Canes' top scorer is Justin Falk. He's their top scorer with 32 points. Guess what his plus, his plus minus is. Just take a shot. Minus 9. Minus 16. That's not good, Bob. No. Let's win that goddamn game. Mark Stahl's brothers, Eric and Jordan, only have 28 and 22 points. Jeff Skinner is another person on their team. He takes, like, I don't know, I think 14% of their shots and leads their team with 17 goals. That's it. Like, let's beat this goddamn team. He's a young player, though. I wouldn't discount Jeff Skinner. Listen, they got they got a nice little core over there in, in, in Carolina who's actually playing above their heads. But uh, I think they're playing at their level right now. But, yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're getting off track here. We need we need points. a win. We need a win from the Canucks. We need a win from the Hurricanes. And who's the third game? Refresh my memory. It is the Senators. They always give us problems for reasons I don't understand. It's a Sunday afternoon game, too. I hate Sunday afternoon games. Me, too. Like, why did the game have to start at 5 o'clock on Sunday against the Capitals? And why was it on the NHL Network so I couldn't watch it? It was just rude. Rude all the way around. Very rude, NHL. That's on you. On you. I don't get why that's a blackout. I live in Savannah, Georgia. Let me watch my hockey. It's very true. <sighs> um, I think we've covered everything. We need six points this week, Greg. I want a, I want a three-game winning streak. Uh, we need four points this week. I'll stop short of saying we need six. Fine. But we definitely need four. I would settle. I, I, I kind of feel like we'll win Canucks. If, I, if recent memory serves true, we will win Canucks, we will lose Hurricanes, we will win Senators. Uh, well, now that you've said that, I think we're going to lose all three. So, you okay, know. well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> uh, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our friend who made our... Shout! Shouts! Shouts out! Shouts out! To our, uh, our friend Jeff Buda at jeffbuda.com. He made our wonderful theme music. He makes uh, music for video games and... Uh, Composes all this crazy stuff for people. So if you like what you heard at the beginning of the podcast, hit him up. Uh, he creates the best theme music to podcasts in Saving Private Ryan. That's wow. We are we are fanboys, but uh, we or we then boys. I can't tell. We them boy, Remy boy. <laughs> wow, the white in this uh, podcast is leaking. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been fun, Greg. It's it's been a tough week for me, a Ranger fan again. But yeah. we're, Why did we start this podcast? We just, we're just miserable every Monday night. Listen, we're hanging in there. We're still like in the playoff race. Actually, we're leading it. Well, we're not leading the playoff race. Well, we're, we're in the race. We're in the race. But, you we're know, in... we're going to stick around. We're going to hang out. Okay. Maybe, this, um, maybe this team goes, goes places. I'd be surprised. Hey good, hey, good job by you, buddy. Hey, that's not how we end the show anymore. Greg, no. say goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs>